everybody. Welcome back for another edition of the Club Cool Podcast. I am your host, Barrett Dudley, and I am here solo on a Friday afternoon in the Washed Media Studio. Studios. Studio? It's just one studio. Um, it's uh, it's very cave-like right now. All the lights are off. The curtains are drawn. Uh, you know, acoustics are just, are should they should just be totally popping off right now. Um, and, uh, it feels okay because it's like 104 degrees outside right now. And I, to be perfectly honest, it's, it's, it's kind of miserable. It's, it's, um, you know, it's just a blanket, just, just soaking you in, uh, in nothing but UVA and UVB rays the second that you walk outside. Um, and you know, it's just, it's weird because technically, technically, uh, summer just started like three days ago, earlier this week, right? Summer solstice, longest day of the year. That's actually, can you believe that? That's actually technically the first day of summer. So we've got three more months of this. Um, it's just, it's, it's kind of nuts. And, uh, you know, summer it's, it's, you know, vacations and, and maybe some more free time. Maybe you get summer Fridays. That's all great. But the weather is just, it's, it's not really conducive to what we do here on the Club Cool Podcast, which is, uh, for the most part, talk about style and clothes um, and a little bit of pop culture sprinkled in. I just, you know, uh, it's kind of a dead zone for for kit picks or around around this part of town, around this uh, this region, because um, man, it is it's straight shorts and t shirt weather. But we are going to talk a little bit about um, some of that later in the episode, specifically about shorts. I've got some listener questions about shorts. And here's the thing. I I could just title this episode listener questions about shorts. I might do that. And it'll probably do it'll it will probably do extremely well. Um, Some of the most popular episodes ever of this podcast have just basically revolved around shorts. It's um, I guess it's just like it's the number one topic that people that people want to talk about and want to know about. So I'm just going to continue referencing shorts and dropping in things about shorts whenever I can. Um, throughout this entire podcast. Uh, let's talk about summer vacation real quick. I went on vacation to, uh, to Holden Beach, North Carolina a couple weeks ago. It's, that's one of the reasons why, why we've been off for a few weeks. Um, it was great. It was like never really got much above like 87, 88 degrees, which just feels downright cool uh, if you're from Central Texas or, or Texas in general at the moment. And uh, it was the, the first time that I'd gotten to take lots of days off, like in a row, you know, not just a long weekend, like a real vacation length vacation. I'm talking a full week or longer than that. You know, I think I was gone for, for eight total days, eight days off of work, which was just, I mean, awesome to be honest, no knock against work or or, or what I do. I I like my job, but it it did kind of, you know, we, we talk about vacations as like resets as like a chance to get away as, as, as moments and and hours and days to, to kind of like dial it back, disconnect, unplug, get yourself refreshed. And yeah, it did all of that stuff for me, but I didn't come back with this, like, with like a new vigor for, for, you know, for, for having a job and like getting it all done and being super gung ho. It kind of was the opposite of that. And in in a way I kind of was like, It'd been so long since I had that much time off that really what it did is just reminded me, hey, you know what's awesome? Not working. <laughs> so uh, to that end, it's like, I think it, really what it did is just made me made me 
realize that I need to be taking more vacations. And, uh, and, and maybe that means, um, you know, siphoning off some of the clothes budget and, and putting more of that towards, uh, towards trips, towards actual real trips, not just long weekends for somebody's wedding or bachelor party, um, or, or to just like spend 36 hours in a city I haven't been in before, but to actually go to interesting places and do cool things and, uh, and, and get all of that relaxation in. And maybe if, if, if I'm able to do a little bit more of that, then, then I will get back and, and enjoy the kind of day-to-day routine of, of daily mundane life a little bit more. But the, the one, just the one this summer, I, it, so far it just made me, it, it, it made me just want to go right back on vacation because vacation is awesome. Having all that free time is awesome. Not having to do a bunch of work is awesome, and just kind of disconnecting and spending a little bit less time uh, in front of your screen and on your phone and and all of that was awesome. Um, you know, some might even say it was a vibe, and uh, and and that brings us to today's first sponsor, Vizzy Hard Seltzer. You know that I was drinking some Vizzy Hard Seltzer out at the beach, out at uh, out in North Carolina. They had it at all the grocery stores. That's because all the grocery stores, at least all the good ones, they've definitely got it. So no matter where the summer takes you, no matter where you're going to go this summer, no matter even if you're just sticking around at home, going down to your pool, uh, maybe you're going over to your parents or your relative's house, going over to their pool. I did a little bit of that this past weekend. Vizzy's just ready to make the good vibes even better. Nothing is better than just an, having an ice-cold Vizzy hard seltzer waiting for you at home or wherever you might venture off to or whichever body of water you might hit this weekend or the next or later this summer. Vizzy Hard Seltzer just passes the vibe check, man. It's got bold and delicious fruit flavors. They've got you covered this summer with a wide range of refreshing tastes like pineapple mango, black cherry lime, strawberry kiwi, blueberry pomegranate. And for me personally, you just got to give me anything with a watermelon. Summer is watermelon time for me. This is like watermelon is hands down like my favorite fruit to just like eat. That is my favorite fruit snack. You know, I'm not talking about like what I'm what I want to put in a smoothie or anything like that. It's just that's my favorite summer snack, straight up. Definitely my favorite summer fruit. And so for me, you just got to give me all the watermelon stuff. Uh, they're, they're, I've got a mango watermelon sitting in my fridge right now. I'll probably get to that later this evening. Um, so just you know, go off, find find the the dual flavor that that suits suits your favorites best. Check it out. To find Vizzy near you, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. And for updates on the latest flavor drops and more, you know we love drops around these parts, sign up at VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. Must be 21 or older. Um, Okay, so there's been a lot going on. Uh, in, in the world of fashion and style. In fact, it was just Paris Fashion Week or Paris Fashion Week. Um, I believe it ends this, this, this weekend because all throughout the week we had, we had brands that we pay attention to uh, showing in Paris. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do any, I'm not going to bore you with breakdowns necessarily of any of the shows that I was paying attention to. But, um, but, but this particular Paris Fashion Week just got me thinking about kind of, how different brands take different approaches to fashion week. Um, and specifically what, what got me thinking about this was that John Elliott showed for the first time in three years, they haven't shown at any fashion weeks for three years. And so this was their, 
This was, you know, don't call it a comeback, but this was their big return to the runway, and the only place that they wanted to do it was Paris, and they had this big bombastic show, a bunch of celebrities there, and um, and it was very cool. It was very elevated, but it, it, it just got me thinking, you know, about how, how these different brands treat the runway shows and then, you know, what, what they do for the brand and then how that actually, like, translates to to what you see from them. So... Let's just start with the obvious ones. There's like, you've got designers, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Saint Laurent, Prada, etc. This is, you know, these brands have to show, right? That's just part of the DNA. It's expected of them. Um, and these are ateliers and fashion houses, and, and they've all got studios in Paris or London or New York or wherever else. And so they're typically like, while they certainly like are, are, are showing and, and being creative and artsy, they are showing full collections that you will later see in their boutiques. And it doesn't, you know, for them going crazy and, 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 and above and beyond and, and super detailed and making expensive pieces, it's no big deal. Uh, the, the, they're largely owned by conglomerates like Caring or LVMH. And um, so not only do they have the budget, but the clothes are, wildly wildly expensive so if they end up making something and and the production costs come in and it's six hundred dollars to make a sweater that's fine they're just going to charge you twenty five hundred dollars for it and they're going to make i don't know 30 units if that's all that they think they're going to sell they've got that type of they've got that type of pull they've got that type of sway and they've got the budget and the and the 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 cachet to make decisions like that so that's one tier that's just like classic designer high-end tier um in that same vein but largely coming from uh slightly more specific or individualistic brands you've got the 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 labels that treat this like full-blown performance art um and here i'm thinking about like tom brown rick owens sure a lot of what you see on the runway are uh, like is are legitimate pieces that they will eventually sell to you. Um, but, but to a different degree, they are really like, it, it's, it's art to them. The runway is art. So, you, you know, whether it's the gigantic cardboard suits that you see from Tom Brown or the prosthetic dolls that are hanging off the backs of Rick Owens models or the actual two paired humans that are like in a 69 position going down the runway, you know, it's like the, the clothes are, almost an afterthought and you know not really an afterthought but definitely like secondary to I think kind of like talking about the brand um conveying a vision saying something you know so 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 these are brands and and these are designers that that just kind of like they don't want to just show you clothes they don't want to just like put something cool on for you they want to make a statement right so that's that's kind of like tier two or, or or one B, if you will, because most of these are still super expensive, um, high end designers manufacturing in Europe, based in uh, based in London, France, New York, etc. Uh, so those are kind of the, the the classic tiers. Uh, in recent years, we've had a lot of contemporary brand show as well. You know, Acne Studios they show Rag and Bone they've shown before, um, and and. So this is the, and I feel like the kind of the follow up to them, uh, the 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 
the newest kind of contemporary that we pay a lot of attention to uh, is Reese Cooper. Um, they are putting very normal things, very wearable things down the runway, almost all of which makes it onto their online and physical locations at some point. Um, they, they're, they're certainly, they, they certainly have a creative license. They put on cool shows. But by and large, that what we're doing is showing you what is coming next. And so that's it's it's uh it's it's a step down from that that high end designer tier, and it's just a it I would say that it's just far more functional. It still has a lot of that a lot of the juice, a lot of the pizzazz that some of the higher end stuff does. It's just coming at you at a smaller scale where the focus definitely is the clothes. Um, the point being, most of those clothes from that tier that I just talked about, they actually do get produced. All right, and that leads me to this next tier of brands. And John Elliott has me thinking about this, but I could say the same thing about brands like Amiri and Rude as well. Uh, These are brands born in the hype era, right? Acne, Rag & Bone, those brands predate hype. They predate the, 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 the super boom, the sonic boom, if you will, of sneaker culture. And they predate, uh, you know, the drop model, really, of, of, of selling you clothes, uh, or, or at least when they, when they were born, the only brand that was doing that was Supreme. You know, it was very, very niche, uh, niche very much a subculture. And so these brands that I'm talking about now, John Elliott, Mary Rude, they are born of this era. They, they, they have that as part of their DNA, um, you know, whether it's constantly being seen on celebrities and, and, uh, and athletes or whether it is is kind of the, the the drop model that I just mentioned, or whether it's um, kind of manufactured scarcity where they need to sell out a product to to be seen as as successful and desirable and and maintain that that kind of level of cool. And so the 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 idea that that, that these brands need to be showing at fashion weeks is kind of interesting because it's fashion week typically is is kind of one of those things that I outlined just a second ago, like it's either art, it's either the chance to, to showcase a vision or it's the chance to showcase clothes that you've got coming out and show what you can do and show what you can manufacture and produce. And so it, it's not, it doesn't to, to, to some extent, it doesn't feel totally necessary for these brands born in the hype era to be doing this. And so for them, for, for the designers, for Mike and Ruigi and John, and even Jerry Lorenzo, who I th- who I think has has kind of transcended this level at this point, um, I, I would say for sure he has. But these guys, they are they they want to elevate the brand from you know from the contemporary brands that are carried on Mr. Porter in essence and matches fashion to to kind of like start being considered with the higher end brands. But the here's where the weird part comes in. Historically, I would say at least half if not more, of what comes down the runway from these brands, then doesn't actually make it into production. And so it was, it, it was, it was really interesting to watch John Elliott's show earlier this week and see stuff that you could just, you knew, you knew right away, well, that's never seeing the light of day. That's never actually going to be for sale because, of it, because they don't have the market. They don't have the demographic for that. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about 
you know, h- how that works on the back end, what, what type of logistical and financial and creative decisions that they're making to say, we need to spend this much money, which is, is got to be just incredibly, incredibly expensive, especially to do that overseas and to bring your whole team and to hire all the models and to rent out the space and to have it decorated and to have your entire, your, all your people there and your seamstresses and your, and your creatives and, and, and you're, you're working around the clock and like, and by the way, you got to feed everybody and this is a celebration. So everybody's also drinking and like you're staying in Paris. How many people did you bring out there that you have to pay for hotel rooms? Like this is an incredibly expensive uh, undertaking to be out there and, and, and doing this. And then for what, if you're not actually producing the things that you're sending down the runway uh, and, 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 you know, before John Elliott's show in Paris, Amiri was, was such a crazy example of this because I really, really, really liked what 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 they were doing on the runway, and then you'd log on, you'd go to amiri.com, and you'd see like three things that you saw on the runway, and then everything else was just like the gaudiest bullshit you've ever seen, from from awful graphic tees to even worse denim to like four hundred dollar trucker hats, and it's just like okay, all right, there's there's some type of disconnect here, right? Because like. You you want to be taken seriously as a as a fashion designer, but then I come to your brand and I'm and what I'm seeing is very obviously what you're still making money off of is still what your what what's is still what is selling best for you what is keeping the business afloat, and there there's an argument that you could make you could you could flip that back around on me and say well yeah well all the all of the designer brands all those high end designer brands like they don't actually make their their money off of the clothing department either they're making money off sunglasses and fragrance and 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 you know all those all that all all the lower price stuff that the, the entry level price point stuff that actually gets like you know middle class americans to to fork over a a piece of their paycheck to have a little piece of of uh of, of that status you know and that's fair but but the difference is it, it doesn't matter for them. They still do have the backing and the money and the budget and the and the desire to produce the clothes anyway. Where so it's that that's kind of the distinction that I'm drawing is is for those brands they're actually making the things. For these brands they really aren't. And so it's 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 just this weird kind of like new layer of these fashion weeks where brands are are showcasing a vision and putting some stuff down the runway. But then it's almost like disappointing that you don't actually see that stuff all come to fruition. It also doesn't really vibe with the whole drop model thing, you know. Like the the John Elliott, like I loved some of these the you know these outfits, but because they release things so in, in such tiny little groups, you won't even be able to put all that stuff together unless you're un, unless you're following along for months at a time. You and and you know you you. This this was spring twenty three that they were showing. So maybe in January you're able to get the sh- the the shorts, and then in February you're able to get the tank top, and then by April you're able to get the leather jacket. So it's just like that. That's also a, a a weird piece of it. It's almost like they don't actually have. They're not really big enough or successful and successful enough to where they should be doing this, but but somehow they've decided that's an, that it's important enough. It's important enough for 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 um you know, for brand perception that they do it. So it's just, 
it's just a it 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 is this it's this weird gray area that I, that I've just been kind of like ruminating on thinking about when a brand decides to show and and kind of what it means for them. Um, you know, maybe I can eventually get a guest on the podcast to to potentially answer some of those questions. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's my fashion week spiel and and kind of what I've been thinking about there. Let's take another quick break and then we will be back with those listener questions. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Felix Gray. Felix Gray, this is a brand that I've been riding with for quite some time. And, uh, and, and I am not new to Felix Gray, even though they are new to the podcast. Felix Gray has been a sponsor on a lot of the podcasts that I've done. Felix Gray is making the best blue light glasses in the entire world. Six years ago, Felix Gray set out to create eyewear that, it would, that would improve daily screen time. And they filter, the lenses on Felix Grey glasses filter 15 times more blue light that can make that screen time tough on eyes and disruptive to sleep. That, that blue light is what, is what just kind of like gives you tired, dry eyes and maybe you have trouble sleeping because of all that exposure to it. I mean, I, I'm sure you've had symptoms that we cannot get away from these screens as much as we'd like to. I'm sitting here right now. I'm looking at my computer. I've got my phone in front of me later this evening. You know I'm going to have the TV on. So check it out for the best blue light glasses on the market to just kind of help you massage all that screen time a little bit and make those eyes feel a little bit better and so that you can get a better night's rest and just feel better throughout the day. Um, Here's where you go. Use the Club Cool URL by going to felixgrayglasses.com slash clubcool. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash club cool. Um, and also, you know, they've, they've, they've got the typical blue light lenses, but also check out the amber ones. Um, I've got a pair of those now that I've really, really been messing with a lot and I enjoy quite a bit. They actually help you, uh, with, with the production of melatonin and, and they get your kind of your, your eyes and your brain more in that, in that sleep mode. Um, so if you're looking for something for the office, for the daytime, go with the regular ones. But if you want something for kind of hanging around at the house at night while you watch TV and, and, and scroll through your social media applications, maybe check out the Amber Lens. Um, all their glasses, I think I've got three pairs now, and I just can't say enough good things about them. So check it out one more time. I'm going to spell it for you. F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash club cool. That's felixgrayglasses.com slash club cool, free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. You can't go wrong. Non-prescription and prescription available. Best blue light glasses on the market. Felixgray.com. Felixgrayglasses.com slash club cool. Okay. How about some of those listener questions that I mentioned? Uh, where were we? Listener questions about shorts. All right. Uh, these, these two questions about listener questions, um, Listener questions about shorts. They, they came via Instagram. So shouts to you guys that are following us on Instagram. You can follow me at Barrett Dudley. You can follow the podcast at Club Cool Pod. Shoot questions our way anytime you want, um, just in the DMs, and, uh, and you never know. I'll, I, I like to answer them personally via messages, but I also like, like to, uh, to, to kind of expound and, and elaborate here on the podcast. So here's the first one. Do I... It, shorts after dark is that still a thing do i still subscribe to not ever wearing shorts after dark no i definitely do not subscribe to that anymore <laughs> um you know i think 
I saw something re- recently. I, I can't remember where it was, but it, but as you go through being interested in in style and your wardrobe and clothing, as you get older, you you start making fewer mistakes. Um, you know, you you buy fewer things uh, as as impulse purchases or just because they're on sale. Uh, you start to dial in what you like a little bit more, and uh, and and while that doesn't <laughs> totally sound related to the shorts after dark question, I also think the, the 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 way it is related is that I think you're just you try a lot of things. You really like, when you're younger and you you commit to a, things a lot more, right? Like think about think about girls in college, right? Like it'll be the dead of February, forty degrees outside, but they're still in like the bandage dresses to go to the bar because that's how they want to look and they're committed to that and they do not care that it's cold as fuck and they're not going to wear a jacket because they don't have anywhere to put it once they get inside, right? So like that is, that's the type of commitment to to our look that we have when we're younger. As you get older and you start to figure more things out, you also start to care about care less, I would say, about some of those um, affectations or decisions that you make for you know, in, in the name of fashion and style. So that's kind of what happened to me with the shorts after dark thing. Mid thirties, uh, for, for, for one thing, I'm not going out nearly as often if, you know, almost never at this point. And so there's, there's very rarely that like dinner and then drinks thing. It, it, it's happening a lot less that it, like I'm going to a cool dinner and then we're going to a hotel lobby bar for, for further drinks on top of that. I don't really care if I'm in shorts anymore for those things anyway, because just because I I think Austin just wore me down eventually, you know, like there is nowhere where shorts are unacceptable in this city. It is also just crazy, crazy, crazy hot for four or five months out of the year here. And it's just not, it's just not tenable. It's not comfortable. It's not doable. So you know, my, my new rule on the, the shorts versus pants thing is just, extremely flexible first and foremost but the second part is just it's like yeah if if it, if i'm going to let's say uh, let's see probably a couple couple of super nice restaurants here uh in austin two that come to mind atoko it's um omakase sushi restaurants got 12 seats at the at, at the uh at the t- at the at the sushi bar and beforehand you're in this dark little like you know, moody little loungy bar. If I was going to dinner there tonight, it's 102 degrees outside right now, by the way, I'd pr- I would probably throw on pants. Um, another one is Jeffrey's, kind of like super trendy, highest-end steak restaurant owned by McGuire Mormon here. If I was going there tonight, I'd probably still do pants. So it's just like that. There, there. I do reserve a couple of exceptions where I just, you know, it it. I don't want to sound as like old man as like saying something like I'm respecting the institution or the restaurant, but I, I, it's just, for me, I actually would feel uncomfortable in shorts because it's just, it's not that casual. So even though it technically is, and there will definitely be wearing short people wearing shorts at places like that, it's just not comfortable for me. And that was when I was younger and I was doing the the pants thing after dark, that it was you know, it, it, it was, it was not really the comfort thing or, or the fact that I was uncomfortable showing up to a place in shorts, 
But then it was it was more that I was making the statement that I was like saying like no I care so much about about how I am dressed at the moment that that for dinners and then going out I believe that pants are the right are the right move or the right call and I think even when I was younger I was still abandoning that like July and August and and probably September a little bit too but I definitely was more I was definitely pretty committed to it I really was um, but no that is something that I have abandoned. Um, it, it's look, if it's over 90 degrees, you definitely don't have to wear pants. Um, and, and even once it's in those like mid to high eighties and like, you know, high eighties at night, I'm talking about, if it's still eighties at night, where just wear the shorts, man, wear, wear whatever you want it to, it doesn't matter. It's not that serious. Um, just know when it's appropriate to, to still, to put on Put on a pair of slacks. Put on a pair of, of pants. Chinos. They make them in linen. You know, you can get some some ones that are sort of breathable. Go with some no show socks or, or sockless. Make sure you get some talcum powder on those feet, and you'll you'll be fine. Um, more shorts questions. Here we go. Speaking of shorts, what's gonna go? What's what what shorts are going through summer? Gonna take me through summer, but also pair with a campus polo for tailgating season come fall. Um. Okay, so. Really, you're just asking for shorts recommendations, which, which I can get down with because I can tell you what's been in my rotation this summer. But I also think it's just another, it's a good opportunity to talk about the short, shorting shorts, short pants trends in general right now. Um, and, and, and as we've discussed kind of ad nauseum on this podcast over the last, God, has it been two years now? The, the fixed waist is just out for me. Uh, it's, it's, I, I think it's kind of out in general, but it's definitely out for me. Nothing in my rotation, nothing that I am wearing on a regular basis right now. And then this started in May cause it got so hot so early, pretty much nothing that I'm wearing has a fixed waist anymore on when it comes to shorts. Now that does, that, 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 that raises a question here for this specific question, because you question for a question. Uh, you, because you, you are now saying that you want to wear it with, uh, the listener is now saying that he wants to wear it with polos for tailgating season come fall. And that for me registers as, as meaning tucked in, even though I think that's probably wrong. Now I, I think the modern day college kids are wearing lo- the baggier, looser fitting dry fit polos kind of untucked. And then with short shorts, that's kind of like, that's the, that's the new look. So I, I think I'm probably, I think it's just throwing me off because it wasn't what we did when, when we were in college. But, um, but now I think that you're just wearing those polos untucked and you still just want something comfortable and fun to, to go to the football game in and, and to be at the bars and to be at the tailgates. So my answers are still going to stand for this question. Um, here's what's in my rotation right now. The Buck Mason shorts, they, they were, they're called the six-inch deck short. Um, they were brought to my attention by a friend of the pod, Neil, in the Club Cool Discord. And then I talked about them on on, uh, on Retail Therapy on the Sunday Scaries podcast feed with Will DeFreeze. They spawned the, the you know, our term over there on Retail Therapy, the imminent cop. They, they you know, we went from having our wish list to having our imminent cops. And that's, these were the shorts that did it. I love them. I went for the surplus colorway. They are a fantastic fit. They're a nice hybrid short in kind of every sense of the word. 
Um, they, 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 you know, they've got a zipper fly and a button, but the back of the short is still elasticized. So they, they're, they're not technically a fixed waist. They even come in fixed, in fixed waist sizing, 28, 29, 30, 31, et cetera. But they, they, they've got the stretch. They've got the movability. They're a hybrid fabric. So you can get them wet. You can go swimming in them if you need. They've got zipper pockets. They've got normal front pockets. So it's kind of your total package. I've been loving my pair of those. I think they would be absolutely perfect for a football game because they still do kind of give you that, that, a slightly um, nicer feel than something like a pair of Patagonia baggies, for example. Um, but they are still very, very summer weather friendly. And they still are very comfortable with the fabric and with that that stretchy waist. So those I've been wearing hard. Um, I recently picked up my, my probably the shortest shorts in my rotation now. I went for a pair of the Saturday's Mario shorts. Um, I'm really liking those. Similar vein to those, but a little bit longer and a lot cheaper are the Gap 7-inch Easy Shorts. I got to say, I will say, I got two pairs of these last summer that I really like and still wearing a lot. I do kind of wish they were 6-inch inseam at this point. I ordered two more pairs this summer. And see, this is the problem. This is the problem with like, you know, with the mass production, mass produced type, type stuff. It's like Gap took it to another factory or something or, 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 or. They, 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 they upped the quantities because they were such a hit last year and they couldn't maintain quite the same quality control. I don't know what it is, but the two pairs that I ordered this spring, they did not have quite the same fit and I wasn't as thrilled with them and I returned both pairs. So your miles may vary, but, but I, I do have to throw them out there because you can get them for like 23 bucks a pop and maybe they work out for you or, or, or maybe you feel differently about the potentially updated fit. So those are out there. Uh, I, I, I just mentioned Patagonia baggies, which are, are kind of, you know, have, have achieved Pantheon status. I am a baggies hater. I am a notorious baggies hater. I do not like the way they feel with things in the pockets. I don't like the patch pockets. I think they, they swing around too much. They're like a good camping lake river hike short to me. But but the, I, I don't know. Maybe I need to get back into a Patagonia store and and try another pair on and kind of reevaluate because what I'm basing this off of is like baggies from probably three years ago or something like that. But the but when I've tried Patagonia baggies, they've not really been for me personally. Um, the nylon shorts that I do like that I have in my current rotation are my Ame Leon Dora ones. Um, Beware if you go buy a pair from the current season. They are apparently running ginormous, so keep that in mind. You might need to size down, but I really, really like those a lot. Uh, and then I get, I hear great reviews about the J. Crew Dock shorts as well. I gotta throw J. Crew in the mix because J. Crew was always my go-to back in the day for shorts when when we were doing fixed waist. I swore by the Stanton short. Loved the seven inch. Loved the nine inch. Um, nine inch, definitely way too long for me now, but I still have got a couple pairs of the seven inch, which, which occasionally get, get some, get some love, but they're now obviously all in. You go to the shorts page on J crew and you're seeing the dock short comes in some tech fabric, comes in some stretch fabric, comes, comes in some cotton fabric. So, you know, take your pick. I've heard a lot of good things about, about these and I could see a pair in my future at some point. Um, and then of course, shameless plug incoming. Uh, this week, this coming week, Howler Brothers is dropping our nylon short, which has pockets that I like, colors that I like, details that I like. So I will definitely be, we're doing three colors of those. 
probably going to grab all three. There's an olive, there's a navy, and there's a Dijon yellow. So check those out as well, because I think you guys will really like those if you like any of the shorts that I just mentioned above. But um, but yeah, definitely no heavy cotton anymore for me. No fixed waist. Uh, right now, I've got on a pair of like just like super lightweight nylon Nike ACG shorts, which which see these would be weird with a polo these would be weird with like a dry fit team polo but for summer if you're just looking for general shorts recommendation you know i that these are awesome the uh the nike sportswear just the the, the kind of the the 45 50 ones that are kind of everywhere those are still great too and uh and yeah there there's some recommendations for you and uh it's just it's short seasons man that's uh the Uniform LA, the court shorts, they just dropped a big new batch of those. I think there's still some colors and some sizes left. Again, maybe not going to work with your with your, uh, with your your campus polo, but length and cut, perfect for the summer, perfect for these hot months. So go check out those as well. Um, I, I got in the green ones, and, well, they pair super nicely with the New Balance 99 ones that I just got in from ALD, so couldn't be happier. And, uh, and that's the shorts talk for today. Let's take one more quick break to hear from the last of today's sponsors, and then we'll be back with one more segment. Today's podcast is brought to you by ZocDoc. Here, look, we love brunch, we love restaurants, we love going out, we love doing things here on the Club Cool Podcast. And what what do we do before any of those, before we book a brunch or a trip or anything? We pour over lists and lists of reviews, right? We go to We go to all of our different apps and websites and and uh and you know places to to make the reservations and we read reviews and we figure out what's best for us what's best for what we want that day and what we need what we're looking for so why would we not want to do the same thing when we're booking a doctor's appointment with zocdoc you can see real verified patient reviews to help find the right doctor in your network and even in your neighborhood after all finding the right doctor is just as, if not more important, I would actually wager more important in this case than finding the right plate of Eggs Benedict or the perfect waffle, as I like to do. I use ZocDoc, and you should too. Recently, I've just been needing to find a general practitioner, right? I need to go in and, and, and get a physical and just make sure that everything's on the up and up. ZocDoc is the perfect place to do that. It's a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, that take my insurance or your insurance, and are available when you need them. And look, maybe you're not looking for a GP. Maybe you're looking for a specialist. They've got that covered too. You can find every single type of specialist under the sun. Whether you're trying to straighten your teeth, fix an achy back, get a mole checked out, or anything else that might be you know, medical or, or, or about your health, ZocDoc has you covered. The mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to, to that restaurant, to that brunch place, or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with just a few taps. Go to ZocDoc.com, find that doctor that is right for you, book an appointment, get, you know, that works for your schedule. Man, that's, that's so important too, right? How many times have you, have you called around and nobody has anything open for six, seven, eight weeks? Maybe it's even longer. Not with ZocDoc. You can find somebody that works for you and can see you quickly. Every month, millions of people are using ZocDoc. I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find and book a quality doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com slash ClubCool and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. 
Like I said, many are available quickly, some within 24 hours even. One more time, that's zocdoc.com slash clubcool, zocdoc.com slash clubcool. Okay, I've got one more listener question uh, up on the docket here today. Um, This one actually came from our Discord, which I love to mention. That's the biggest perk that you get when you come join us on patreon.com slash clubcool for as little as $2 a month. You even get a discount if you pay for the entire year up front. Um, You'll also get some editorials. We've got a new one coming out that I've already started writing for June here that'll come out this coming week. So check us out, get access to the Discord, see what everybody's talking about, patreon.com slash clubcool. This comes from Hal. Here's the question. Are there any type of or specific clothing pieces that you accumulate due to general interest or collecting rather than to fill a spot in your wardrobe? For example, I have heard about Matt Hranek from WM Brown, who buys a lot of vintage barber jackets as a part of his interest in establishing a personal archive. Um, our, our listener here, he finds himself buying a lot of Patagonia stand-up shorts on eBay, both new and old, cut out of general interest, seeing the subtle changes in design, fabric, cut, etc. Um, and then we got had some some interesting answers from from listeners, and I'm gonna give you here. Uh, I'm gonna give you mine here on the pod. Because my answer is not is that I don't really do this, um, and I, I I think the first thing is I don't have enough space to collect, <laughs> and I you know I, I'm I'm already guilty of kind of like owning too many clothes and too many pairs of shoes, so the the curation the collecting that I do I want to be wearable I want to be you know I, I love the concept of fashion and style and and accessories and shoes. And garments in general, I love the idea of them being art, of them being something that that you collect and you curate. But for the most part, they're things that I that I want to be able to pull out and enjoy and wear, rather than just simply you know kind of look at or 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 have a stash of. Um, and don't get me wrong, there's stuff that I own that that gets very little wear that that it basically is serving this pur- purpose of just having the archive. But at the end of the day, I'm not choosing those things because, you know, because I'm looking for, for any of that kind of like archive building or collecting it, it, it's more that I, you know, I want to have that in my wardrobe. I want it to be something that, that I can reach for when, when, when the opportunity arises or, or, or when the time is right when it's called for. So, um, you know, you, to, to dive a little bit deeper on, on things that may come close though, uh, that there, there are a couple things. The first that comes to mind for me is definitely sunglasses. That's, you know, I, when I, when I think about, cause right. Cause, cause mostly like the, like there's, there's plenty of churn in my wardrobe. I'm constantly selling stuff on Grailed or eBay, constantly bringing in one thing and, and getting rid of another to make space for it. What I do, I do that a lot less with the sunglasses that I collect. And, and, and I don't know, you know, it's th- this was more of a passion for me many, many years ago, and now I'm now I'm looking for. Um, you know, the, the the range has really split up. We we talked about this on a podcast, uh, I think last year, or, yeah, last year it was, uh, where, where you know I had I had splurged on a pair of Jacques Marimage uh, sunglasses, and it's like just recently uh, I was I was kind of giving a lot of love to this pair that's sitting right in front of me that I got for thirty five dollars from J Crew. So I'm talking $35 or 650 and that's kind of where I'm at right now, like, like with the sunglasses. And so it's, 
it's it's less uh you know the 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 ones that I'm hunting for, the ones that I'm searching for, they're prohibitively expensive and and therefore I can't collect a lot of them. But what I do have in 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 the collection, I've got old Oakleys and I've got, you know, uh vintage pairs of Ray-Bans and I've got um, you know, Tom Fords that are now over over a decade old. I have a pair of Louis Vuittons that man, I got these are from like 2009 or 2010. I saved up for them that this was before $600 was 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 you know, something that you saw a lot for a pair of sunglasses and they were like this was early days of like celeb outfit hunting, right? On the internet and John Mayer wore this pair and Beyonce wore this pair and um that like it's they're they're incredible and like even though they're not totally my style at the moment it's not something that i'm that that is a that that that's a great example of a piece that i'm like well no but i'm keeping these because they are a piece of my personal collection they are kind of they do fall into that archival um you know sector that that kind of that that arena where you're like this is something that i could pull out that could be that that could be meaningful or um or, or worth something someday or, or just something cool to have and to own and to pass down and, or to do any, any of those types of things with. So, so sunglasses is where it is for me. And, and that's something that I, like I said, I've got le- less passion for, for building the collection, but I definitely like I'm, I'm, I am looking for, for those kind of like the, the, those big key pieces, those big splurge pieces still to, to kind of add in and to have, and boy, I mean, check out the Jacques Marimage, the JMM thread on Style Forum. Like, there are people that <laughs> that have taken this to a new level with with JMMs, and I mean, are sitting on like thirty thousand dollars worth of sunglasses. It's 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 actually kind of bonkers. Um, but I get it because because you get a pair of those in hand, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, I I, I would like I would like more of these. Uh, there was one other thing that I was thinking. What else have I kind of done this with? I mean. Oh yeah, the the one I was going to mention. For a while, I I did sort of feel this way about leather jackets. And that was, you know, that was fun. I just loved leather. I there, there was just nothing better than like slipping on a leather jacket. But but here's the thing, like that that expense of kind of picking up several and collecting them was a piece of why I never got the one leather jacket that I always wanted, which was that that Saint Laurent, that Saint Laurent, Eddie Slamane rider that is just still so damn iconic. Um, I never got one, never got one. And 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 if I had, if I had just like kept those spends, those those five hundred to to thousand dollars spends on the four, five, six, seven other leathers that I have, guess what? I could have just bought the 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 Saint Laurent one at the end of the day. So. Um, you know, uh, like I, I, I get it. I, I get kind of honing in on on something specific and digging into it and dissecting it and collecting it. I love that. But for me at this point with the space that I have, with the type of things that I'm looking at, with the budget that I've got, it's definitely still more about about curating a wearable wardrobe and 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 slowly piece by piece getting to that point. And Lord knows this is a tough place to get to, um, has been for me anyway, to where I know that everything in my closet, everything, every piece that's hanging there, every pair of denim, every, you know, accessory that I've got, it, it just, it's all something that I, that I really love and want and, and I'm excited to, to pull out of the closet. So, 
Um, that answers the question. We so just to to, to throw out some of the other answers that uh, that I heard that I saw. It was um, let's see, had a, uh, rugby shirts, um, and then see the barber jackets were obviously mentioned. We've obviously got shoes and hats. Uh, we've got some big denim heads in there. Heavyweight tees, vintage tees. Vintage tees is a fun one. That's one that a lot a lot of people. Uh, got and then we have crew neck sweatshirts, which um, which fr- comes from a guy who I who I know like must just have like an entire. I, I'm pretty sure he's got a a, how, a a room in his house dedicated to all of the sweatsuits and and uh, and French terry that he owns. So yeah, man, a lot of different things, a lot of different avenues you can go into there to uh, to build out an archive of your own. And um, you know, jump in the Discord, let us know what your thoughts are on that and what your what you might be hunting down and and collecting at the moment. Anyways, that is going to wrap it up for us, for me today on the Club Cool Podcast. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in, listening, letting me me talk to you uh, and and go on my long, hour-long monologue here. Once again, check us out on Instagram at clubcoolpod, patreon.com slash clubcool. And please, please, please check out those links that I mentioned. Support today's wonderful sponsors, Vizzy Hard Seltzer, Felix Gray Blue Light Glasses, and ZocDoc, the app for finding any type of doctor or specialist that you might need. Thank you so much. We will be back next week. Adios and have a great weekend.